Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry, Live Mike. That's the name of this new little show here on KSL News Radio. I'm grateful to you for listening. Episode 31. So you remember Jared Kushner? He, at the beginning of this administration, was tasked with a, a number of things. He was given a lot of homework. Uh, a good number of homework assignments. Uh, he was going to, I think he, he tackled criminal justice reform. That one got done. Uh, he, he took care of that one. Uh, Senator Lee told us all about it. Uh, and then later, I think uh, World Hunger, he was supposed to uh, fight cure cancer was one of his. And uh, solve uh, all issues related to peace in the Middle East. Well, he's come through for us. Uh, anyway, in seriousness, uh, it was today announced by the Trump administration that uh, they, are, they have a, a solution to things, a two-state solution to resolve the uh, Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Uh, and this comes, uh, this announcement comes rather as the, the president sits alongside uh, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu uh, during some remarks of his in the East Room of the White House. Joining us on the line is ABC News correspondent Jordana Miller, uh, who joins us from Israel. Uh, Jordana, I'm grateful to you for joining us. Uh, give us the give us the details of this announcement, please. Well, uh, the announcement essentially of a peace deal uh, really, really uh, works to Israel's favor in many, many ways. It, it speaks a lot to uh, Israeli security. Um, essentially, the president uh, wants to back Israeli sovereignty uh, in more areas in the West Bank, more than 100 Jewish settlements, and then give Israel control over a strategic strip of land uh, that borders Jordan called the Jordan Valley Rift, uh, which Israel has long claimed it needs to kind of keep its eastern border secure. Uh, and then it gives Israel claims over all of Jerusalem's old city, uh, and it kind of takes off uh, the table, the Palestinian refugee issue, uh, which Israel was concerned about as well, just for uh, a numbers game. If, if more, if thousands of Palestinian refugees uh, ended up coming into uh, the Palestinian state or parts of Israel. Um, on the other hand, for the Palestinians, this deal really is a setback in many ways. Uh, it shrinks the land that they wanted for a Palestinian state. It pushes their future capital out to some neighborhood, Arab neighborhood of East Jerusalem, instead of being part of Jerusalem's old city. Um, and uh, it creates not only less land for their future state, but it gets kind of chopped up, uh, and they won't have control over the eastern border because uh, as I said just a couple of minutes ago, Israel will be able to control that eastern border. So, you know, 
we're getting what we expected in terms of reactions. The Israelis, especially the prime minister and his right-wing base, are thrilled. Uh, and the Palestinians are flatly rejecting the plan, calling it nonsense, farce. Um, you know, so wildly different uh, reactions to this plan. Uh, and I don't think it has a real chance of getting peace talks off the ground um, because of the, the huge gap between the sides. I, jo- I joked around in the introduction of this segment that this is the work of uh, Jared Kushner. We heard uh, at the you know the onset of this administration that it would be uh, up to Kushner to to bring about these types of conversations and a plan uh, like this. Are there indications that he is the the architect behind this? Was he involved? Uh, what's the extent of of Kushner's uh, participation in this plan? But Kushner was absolutely the main architect. Um, of this peace plan. Uh, he was here a number of times over the last uh, three years. And when he wasn't here, Jason Greenblatt, his kind of deputy, uh, was here on the ground shuffling between Ramallah and Jerusalem um, before uh, the president declared Jerusalem the capital of Israel. And then the Palestinians cut off basically all ties with the Trump White House. The two sides haven't really talked about anything relating to peace for two years. That was the position the Palestinians took. Some may ask now whether that was a smart policy, given what we're seeing. I mean, it feels like the president just put this plan on the table and said, this is what we're going to do, whether you like it or not. And the first indication of that is that the Israeli prime minister is already moving forward with a plan to annex uh, parts of uh, the Jordan Valley, parts of the West Bank, which include the Jordan Valley Rift and uh, a lot of settlements, most most of them. Um, and his his uh, justification is President Trump backs me. This is in the peace plan. It's going to be part of a permanent solution. So I'm going to do it now. And as soon as next Sunday, he's already calling a vote on this. So the peace talks aren't going to get off the ground, but there's going to be a major change uh, here on the ground if Israel does indeed move forward uh, and annex parts of the, the West Bank. He does, the prime minister may face some legal questions about whether he can do it. We have a transitional government right now. The attorney general might stop him. Nonetheless, it's a goal, it's an aim, and he may do it you know, after the election or the next government may do it. To, to what extent could politics have played a role here? It, uh, it can't be avoided the fact that March 2nd, uh, Netanyahu faces an election. Uh, I have heard that uh, his challenger has agreed to implement this plan, but uh, to what extent could the timing of this have been motivated uh, by this upcoming election? Well, I think the timing of the rollout of this peace deal um, was absolutely tied to politics. In fact, you know, Netanyahu may may have had a hand in even picking the time uh, or working with the White House on the timing. You know, he needs uh, any help he can get in eking out a victory in March. And Trump has just handed him a huge gift, not only the peace deal and and, and all the elements that are pro-Israeli, which Netanyahu is already claiming to have helped influence, right? But being able to, you know, get U.S. backing for, you know, Israeli sovereignty and annexing parts of the West Bank, huge gift for Netanyahu, for his right-wing base. It may be just what he needed to uh, eke out a narrow right-wing majority in the next election. His rival says he will also implement the deal, um, you know, of course, um, but 
you know, this isn't good news for him because I, I think at the end of the day, it's going to help Netanyahu. Yeah. Uh, Jordana Miller, I'm grateful to you. ABC News, Cor- News correspondent joining us from Israel on the day of this announcement out of the White House of a Middle East peace plan. Uh, again, Jordana, very grateful to you for your time. Thanks so much. Good to be with you. Thank you so much. Listen, uh, before we go, just a few more minutes in uh, today's show, I want to play with you, play for you, play with you, play for you some of the comments uh, by the president as he rolled this out today. I'd like to hear, uh, like you to hear uh, how it was rolled out here by the president again in the East Room of the White House. Our plan is 80 pages and is the most detailed proposal ever put forward by far. As I have seen throughout my long career as a dealmaker, complex problems require nuanced, fact-based remedies. That is why our proposal provides precise technical solutions to make Israelis, Palestinians, and the region safer and much more prosperous. I have a confession to make to you. I have that 80-page document he referenced there. I have glanced through it. I have not yet read it in detail, though I am going to uh, tonight. We're going to wrap up the show here in just a moment. Uh, and this evening, I am going to read through it because uh, I think it's important uh, for a number of reasons. Specifically to this issue, it is good to understand. Now, listen, I don't have any special access to this document. You can Google your way to it. In fact, all on my Facebook page, I'll post a, a link to it so you can read it for yourself. I think it is important to be uh, informed on this issue specifically, how the president plans to broker peace out there in the Middle East through this plan. And uh, more broadly, I think when you do have the opportunity uh, to read uh, what we call source documents, I think it's important. If you can get your hands on legislation, why not read that? If you can get your hands on the words of our legislators, why don't you get your hands on that and give it a read? It gives you a more uh, profound understanding, one which you can take ownership of. That's it for today's show. I'm grateful to you for listening. Join me back here tomorrow, same time. Now, it's time for Jeff Kaplan's afternoon news here on KSL News Radio. Live breaking news now on the mobile app for KSL News Radio. Listen at home or anywhere you go. Brought to you by Any Hour Services, KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City, KSL News Radio. This is Utah's news station. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.